Well, hello there. The time has come for me to tell you how did I became Jesse Dubai, the porn star. This episode is all about how did I became the successful worldwide known porn star, Jesse Dubai. For that, we need to go back eight years ago. <laughs> well, eight years ago. Wait, hold on. Before I tell you the story, let's give a space for the announcements and the commercials. Let's get those out of the way. And as soon as those commercials are over, we will begin our story. So let's talk about OnlyFans, guys. As you all know, I have my OnlyFans page where I post videos behind the scenes of my upcoming shoots and much more. So make sure to check out my OnlyFans. OnlyFans.com slash TSChessy. See you there. So, how did I became a porn star? This story begins around almost nine years ago. I mean, it began almost 12 years ago when I was still an escort and other things have happened that I'm not going to get into detail right now because we're going to leave this for another episode. But when I actually decided and got full on porn star status was around 2008, I want to say that. Um, so before I get ahead of myself, let's start since the beginning. I was already working as an escort slash waitress slash drag queen slash nightclub performer. Obviously, I was trying to make ends meet and come up with money any way I could. Back in the day, Facebook was not existent even. The only social media platform that it was very strong was MySpace. Do you guys remember MySpace? How you could costume and edit your page with music and pictures and make it your own? Well, that's how I started. So I had already years working as an escort and a lot of girls here in Colorado where I lived and I still live at the moment were 
using celebrity pictures like Beyonce, Christina Aguilera, J-Lo, you name it. Other escorts were using the pictures of celebrities to advertise themselves on escorting pages like Eros, Backpage, Craigslist, you name it. And I felt like I was losing money because out of all the girls that they were advertising, me and at least five other girls were we were the prettiest ones and the most passable ones that we were using our actual pictures, our actual photos, you know, the rest. And I'm not trashing no one, but I have to speak the truth. The rest of girls escorting, they were nothing but a guy in a wig, not even transitioning into becoming trans women. They were just cross-dressers, guys in a wig, making money off of straight guys. I'm going to say it out loud and straight. I'm not going to hide it. And I'm sorry if anybody feels offended, but that's how I lived it. That's how I felt it. Now, I'm not putting nobody down, but this is how this story went. So, dealing with all this, and please do not use my words against me, non-passable cross-dressers using pictures from Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez, Christina Aguilera, Mariah Carey, you know, you name it without the head and claiming to be them in order to attract clients. It's basically what got me into the adult industry. Because at this moment, I was a very well-known escort, not a prostitute, escort. Remember, there's a difference between prostitute and escort. At this moment, I was already a very well-known escort in Colorado. And a lot of my clients, customers, if you want to call them that way, they ask me, why didn't I make myself a website and charge a membership? Or why didn't I get into the adult industry and do porn? Because that will make my status, you know, rise above the rest. Back in those days, my answer was, I don't want to, because I don't want to be a porn star. At one point, I want to stop escorting. I want to be a married woman with a family and leave all of this behind like it never happened. But as we know, what we planned is not what's going to happen. We might have a plan, but God has other plans for us. Anyway, so I kept going on for at least a year telling my customers, clients, I don't want to get into the porn industry. It's not for me. I'm going to get out of escorting. I'm going to get out of the sex work soon. All I need to do is just make enough money to get my boobs 
And that's all I need. Well, the time came. I got my boobs. And I was hungry for more. Just like anybody would. I want more. I want more out of this life. I want more out of me. I want more out of who I am. So finally, the opportunity to do porn came to me. And this is how fucked up the story gets. Because the first company that I worked for in the adult industry was the biggest company in the country. What do I say the country? The world. Kink.com. Right now, put this podcast on pause and go Google it. Kink.com. It's one of the biggest porn companies in the world. They reached out to me because they wanted to work with me. They wanted me to do a movie with them. Now, the time when they came to me to do a movie, it was in the worst time because I was already engaged. And I wasn't engaged to just anybody. I was engaged to a CEO of a very prestigious multi-billionaire company here in Colorado. I'm not going to say names because that's not part of the story and it's not important. But my fiance was filthy rich. So if I would have married him, I would have been set. And I was happy to be engaged with him. But me being a toxic girlfriend, just like any other Hispanic girlfriend, (laughs) I snooped through his phone and I saw that he was cheating on me with cross-dressers from Craigslist. Not even established escorts or prostitutes. He was going to Craigslist casual encounters that fucked me up emotionally because I was like you have me and here you are cheating on me with whoever replies to your email your message I remember that was when kink reached out to me to work with them and I told them I need a little bit of time to think about it I caught my ex-fiance cheating on me. And I caught all those messages and emails. That was on a Friday. Saturday night, I went out. And I drove his car. It was a um, sports car. Well, I ended up in a car wreck. A very bad car wreck that time i should have i should not even be alive right now because guys if you could see the pictures i did post these pictures back in the day on my facebook and my twitter but i will go and dig and look for them 
But if you guys saw these pictures of how the car ended, there was no way, no way I should still be alive. But for some God-given reason, I'm still alive. So I remember that I get out of the car, no harm other than just the shock. And my panties ripped from the force of me clashing against the steering wheel. And then that burn between my legs from the airbag exploding. And then all those chemicals just dripping on my legs. Oh my God. That was horrible. I remember the body aches lasted for four days. But the burn from the chemicals between my legs, that lasted for two weeks. Anyway, so I get out of the car unharmed. My fiancé gets the news from the police, comes, picks me up, takes me back to his apartment, and everything was fine. But for the next few nights, I kept having a dream of me being back in that car. And crashing the same way that it happened. And this time in my dream, I didn't get out of the car. Instead of me hitting my head in the steering wheel and then running out of the car, afraid that the car was going to explode, in my dream, I hit my head against the steering wheel. And everything. And I'm sorry if I sound emotional. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very triggering this story is very triggering to me and you guys will see why <laughs> for the next three nights every night I had the same dream that I was in the car driving I get in the car rack and I hit my head with the steering wheel and instead of getting out of the car, everything turned pitch black. And I felt like I was just a soul, like I was just a set of eyes. Because I couldn't see my hands, I couldn't see my body. It was just, I guess, my conscience just floating in a pitch black, dark room with no windows, no doors. Everything was just darkness. And part of me said, is this it? Is this where I'm going to be until I'm reborn? Is this eternity? Is this limbo? So many thoughts went through my head. But every single time at the end of this dream, there was a light that I was chasing. Like at the top, you know how they say when you die, you're going to see a light at the end of the tunnel? I saw that light. And I saw that light far, far away and getting closer and closer and closer. And as the light got closer and brighter, all I kept saying was. <laughs> As the light got closer and closer, all I kept saying was, please give me more time. I need more 
time. I have people that I need to apologize to. I need to see my mother again. I need to tell my dad that I love him and I forgive him for everything that he did. Give me more time. That's all I remember, just saying, give me more time. But this light just kept getting closer and closer and brighter and brighter. And once it got so close to me, it divided in half. And half of that line went away. And immediately, the thought got injected on my head that I needed to chase after the other half of me. That somehow I was given a second chance to be in this world. And this car accident was no coincidence. I was supposed to be there. I was supposed to have a close encounter with death. To value myself and to value and appreciate the people that surrounds me. But the half of the light that went away, that was the qualities that I needed to go and find while I still had a life, while I still was alive, you know? If this makes sense to you guys. So I remember the third night, the last night when I woke up, something woke me up telling me, you only have one life. You must live it for you. Whatever your path is, do whatever you need to do for you. To be honest, when I was going to marry this filthy rich guy, I wasn't just going to marry him because I care for him, but I was going to marry him because he was in love with me and he had cancer. And he was going to die in a few years. At least that's what he told me. I didn't want his money. I didn't want anything in return. Other than to make him happy for the last few days or years that he had. But when I found out that he was lying to me and cheating on me. I realized that all I was going to do was just put my life in hold. For something or someone that wasn't going to appreciate my sacrifice, if you wanted to call it like that. So I remember that morning, the first thing that I did, we had coffee, we had a talk, and I took my engagement ring off, and I put it on the coffee table, and I told him that I couldn't marry him, that I needed to do what I needed to do. That afternoon, I went back to my apartment where I used to live with my two roommates. I told them what had happened over the few days. And I told them that I was going to reach out back to kink.com because they had offered me a position to do a movie with them. And they supported me. Well, before we keep on with this story, let's hear 
from one of our sponsors. And when we come back, I'll keep the story going. Welcome back. So, as I was saying, I went back to live with my, I went back to the apartment with my roommates. I told them what had happened over the last week or so. And I told them that I was going to take upon kink.com's offer to do a movie with them. I did a movie with kink.com and it was the greatest experience for me because the company paid for my flight back and forth. They hosted me at the amazing armory. It's not there anymore, but it was a beautiful castle-like structure. Just Google it right now. Put this this podcast in pause and Google Kink Armory. You're going to see how amazing that building was. Well, in one of the floors was the performance we used to stay. So I remember that night, that morning, when it was my first shoot, I woke up at 8 in the morning. I went across the hall to get my makeup done. I went next door to get my wardrobe. I went downstairs to the basement where the studio was. And they gave me my script. They gave me the story for me to perform my scene. Apparently, at that moment, there was a scare of someone testing positive for HIV. So they made a hold, a production hold. This is something very important. When someone tests positive in the adult industry, by law and by protocol, we do a hold. Nobody shoots any porn. Nobody does any movies that required the exchange of body fluids um, due to safety until the uh, hold is lifted. But I was only there for one night. So Tomcat, one of the producers for Ki- sorry for Kink, said, we can shoot your movie that you're going to shoot with this performer because they gave us a hold. But we can do a solo. That way we can introduce you. So I was expecting to do a movie with someone else that was experienced. And he ended up being into me doing a solo all by myself. So imagine me doing porn for the first time for a King production where it's just me by myself in front of the camera. And there's like five people behind the camera. The microphone guy, the lights guy, the producer, the director, you name it. I felt overwhelmed. But I will never forget this. I remember closing my eyes and telling myself, this is your time. This is where you need to shine. Let the shyness behind. Let all the fear behind. 
this is where you need to show what you're made of. And I remember opening my eyes. And as soon as the spotlight hit me, I was in character. And if you guys you want to go and check, my first scene with King.com was a solo. And I did amazingly. Because I had already prepared myself. Anyway, Kink was the key that opened the door for me to get into the adult industry. After that, I got in contact with Christian Triple X. I'm sure you guys all know him. He's very popular, very famous. If you're in the trans porn, it's like a rat, um, rite of passage that you need to do a scene with him. If you haven't done a scene with him, you're not part of the industry. <laughs> anyway, so I did my scene. He came in contact with me and he wanted to do content trade where basically we both have sex with each other in front of a camera. He gets a copy of the video. I get a copy of the video and we make, we both monetize from it. But the camera guy that it was going to be our camera guy was Buddy Wood from Groovy. And he told us, well, how about instead of you guys, you know, shooting content for your websites, you guys shoot a shoot um, a movie for Groovy. That way you both get paid. Obviously, Christian and I would said, of course, pay us. That was my first stepping stone. And I don't want to say stepping stone because it sounds degrading. But I want to say that was like the first pedestal that I stepped on, that I was put on. I got to work with Groovy, an amazing director, cameraman, and producer, Buddy Wood, um, for uh, Groovy Productions. Girls, if you guys are listening to this podcast and you guys want to start in the adult industry, please make sure to check out Groovy Productions. They will take care of you girls. They will appreciate you. They will make sure that you girls are taken seriously and that your art, you as a person, are taking seriously. Those are one of the companies that I will recommend, you know, I will put my hands on fire for them. That's how amazing my experience was with them. Anyway, I got to work with Buddy Wood. Christian and I, we got paid. That scene that we did together blew up and that opened me the doors to do shoots with Frank from uh, Frank um, trans world that opened me the doors to do shoots with devils, evil angel, uh, Bob's from Bob's tea girl and on and on and on all the companies, every single company that existed back then for trans performers. I was in it. I remember when trans sensual became studio I was one of their first performers they were the ones that showcased 
my um film Jesse Dubai TS Superstar. I loved it. Nika Noel was an amazing director and producer. Um the transcentral productions were where and till this date are amazing with me even though they have a specific idea of how they want the shoot to go if i tell them i want to change something about my character because i don't feel like my character would do something like this they let me and between us we make amazing amazing porn that's why i also became a good director because of all the teachings teachings from all the other producers and directors that I work with. So anyway, with all that said, so far at this moment of the story, I have worked with Groovy, Transcendos, I mean, uh, Transcendental Devils, Evil Angel, um, King.com, TS Pussy Hunters, TS Seduction, I have shot for all the major companies and I started becoming a success. I remember on the first year that I became a popular porn star or a popular performer, on that first year, I took home the XBIS Award, Performer of the Year, the Trans Erotica Award. Best Hardcore Performer of the Year, the X Critics Award, Best Hardcore Performer of the Year, and on and on and on. On that first year that I did porn, I got all the awards. It's like if I was an actress or a singer, I took the Emmy, the Oscar, the Billboard Awards, the MTP. I took all of them home. I felt appreciated. I felt blessed. I felt happy. And I felt accomplished. And the best of everything, I felt like I mattered. Like I actually had something to offer to this world. And that was the biggest award of all. Now that I became successful, it was my duty to maintain myself successful because many stars can rise up to the top but can also disappear the next morning because new stars are rising every day. But to maintain yourself at the top, that It's the hard job. So far, I have maintained myself at the top. And I am so happy and so blessed to share credit as one of the top, most famous and top performers, not just in the United States, but in the whole wide world with amazing performers like Aubrey Kate, my sister, Jasmine Lee, Another amazing sister and performer, T.S. Foxy, that bitch, 
I love that puta. She's my sister for life. She's the sister that came out of another Mrs. Vagina. <laughs> I love that puta. Jessica Fox. And other, many other performers that I don't have the head to think of their name right now. Mia Isabella, she's another one. And... I mean, my mouth is going to fucking taste like vinegar when I say her name. And I'll tell you guys the story about this later. But I do have to give credit. Because at one point she was there for me. Hold on. Every time I think about her name, I just want to throw up. Because the name... Her name in my tongue, it just tastes like vinegar. <laughs> Venus Lux. Venus Lux at one point was a very helpful person to me, was a very close friend and sister. But something happened between us that I'm not going to get into details right now. That right now, I'm just don't even want to bother with it, you know? But I do have to give the bitch credit because thanks to her, I got also to where I am. Because she gave me a space in her booths whenever she had a booth at a convention. She put me in some of her DVDs. So she gave me exposure. She was a close friend and a dear friend. That's why... Whatever happened between us, it hurt me. Not because of whoever, because he was a guy. Not whoever got between us, because I will never fight a guy over a friend. But I will fight the friendship that I gave someone and I was betrayed over a guy. If you guys get my drift. Anyway. So all those amazing people, including Venus Lux, <laughs> were there to help me become a successful porn star. They all helped me to put me in the eye of the exposure, to put me out there. But it was my job. It was my duty to maintain myself above the rest, to maintain myself on top. At this moment, I'm so proud to say that I am a producer, director, and content creator for my own porn. I still work with many other companies like Trans Angels, um, Devils, Evil Angel, Trans Erotica, Groovy, transsensual and coming soon I will be working with other new companies as well as check this out brassers yes guys I am officially a brassers I used to say brazers but it's not brazers it's not brazers it's brassers I am officially a brassers girl so I have shot with them, and it has been an amazing 
experience, amazing journey. Everybody that I work with, I don't want to say it as a demeaning way, but they were all stepping stones for me or not stepping stones. That sounds so degrading. Um, pedestals that I was put on that each time got higher and higher and higher and got me higher and higher and higher. Now, I am so well-known all over the world. My reputation, my name precedes me that I feel so confident. I'm so sorry. Do you guys hear that? Okay. <laughs> On a side note, just this is a side note. Okay. Oh, shit. I'm scared. Okay. This is, oh, my God. Okay. A side note. Right now, I am recording this podcast in my basement, which is my studio. It's not an ugly basement. It's a very, actually, nice basement. But the house where I live, or that I just bought a few months ago, it's it's kind of an old house. It's like a ranch kind of style. And I've noticed that there's things that move around my house. There's sounds of people walking when nobody but myself is in the house. And literally right now, as I'm talking with you guys, <laughs> my windows opened. Nobody's outside. Like, there's no way that you can push these windows from outside. You need to be inside. So, my windows opened. And it looked, I don't know if you guys heard that sound. Like the curtains, like there was a gush of air, you know, going through the window that made the curtains move. Well, the window, the actual window that seals the house, you know, like the glass window, it's shut. The only things that are on the inside are like this blinds, you know, like, you know, that there's this blind, wood, wood blinds that, you know, you move with your hands to make them open up or close, whatever. And then there's the curtains. Well, if the window was open and the blinds, and this, you know, wood, you know, blinds and curtains moved, I would understand. But the scary thing, guys, is that the window is shut. <laughs> There's no reason for these windows to move in the first place. So, yeah, I think I'm living in a haunted house, <laughs> which I'm okay with because I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm actually very okay with them. I welcome them as long as, you know, they promise not to harm me. But yeah, I can't believe this happened right now, live, while I'm, you know, recording this podcast. <sighs> okay. Trust me, I'm going to go back and listen to this podcast and listen 
very closely when the blinds and the curtains moved because, oh my God. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, you know, drifting away from the story. And I don't want to make this podcast so fucking long. Okay. So I live in a haunted house. Let's leave it at that. We'll make an episode about it later. (laughs) Going back to how I became a porn star. I had already told you how I started, how all these amazing people, and I already named them, gave me a pedestal where to grow and build up from that. Now I am a producer, I'm a director, and my name precedes me as well as my reputation. I am so proud and so honored to call myself T.S. Jesse Dubai, award winner, porn star. I love that title. I love it. I've never thought I was going to be so happy and so proud about being a sex worker. But I am. Because, listen to this. If God sends you limits, you make lemonade, lemon pie, lemon cake, lemon popsicles. You do whatever the fuck you can with those lemons. Do not cry because he didn't give you oranges. You work with the lemons the Lord sent you. And that's what I did. And that's my advice. If you want to be successful, work with those lemons. Just like I did. I never wanted to be a porn star. I've always wanted to be an actress. I've always wanted to be a performer. I didn't saw myself on Pornhub, RedTube, XTube, all those. I saw myself as a Hollywood star. But if God put me in this path, there's a reason. I'll get to Hollywood at one point. But for now, I am happy, content, and proud to be Jesse Dubai. Award winner, porn star. (laughs) But before I leave, I hope you guys enjoyed my story about how I became Jesse to buy the porn star. On my next episode... I want to talk to you guys about sex tips. Do you guys want to know about sex positions? The best lubricants that you want to use, whether you're a top or a bottom? How can you achieve the best orgasm? (laughs) I know you were going to say yes. Well, that's the topic for our next episode. Sex tips and tricks to achieve the best orgasm. That will be the title. See you guys on my next episode.